Hunter Donaldson, I'm curious. What? Yes. What kind of disaster or Roland Emmerich sort of problem do you yeah. think you could survive and which could you like I, I feel like there's a limit that all people have in what kind of disaster movie or disaster game uh-huh. they, they could endure uh-huh what is your limit what is my limit mm-hmm. um so uh I feel like tornadoes mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like I could I feel like I'm tornado resistant sure um, and that you just gotta keep your eyes open. You know what I mean? Stay out, get out of town, <laughs> yeah. get out of town quickly, slip out of out of town. Uh, water stuff like mm. in Raw Danger, the game we're talking about today, probably not. I yeah. mean, I can swim though. Le- hey, let me tell you, I can swim, and I'm nice <laughs> to fishies. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know if that means I'm gonna be so good at a big old flood. Right, right. Um, what are the other types? Aliens? Could you do um, a Godzilla? Could you survive a Godzilla? I think I could survive a Godzilla. Godzilla is kind of a tornado with legs. You know what I mean? Like, as long as you can see him in the distance and you get out of town, you yeah. got to slip out of town, yeah. then you're going to be fine. You just got to avoid that laser breath. Uh, yeah. And then, yes, there's Independence Day. There's aliens. Uh, an alien aliens invasion. is all-encompassing. I actually think aliens is like the worst one. Yeah, definitely. Because they're just going to make smart moves and stuff. Godzilla's a monster. Right. You know what I mean? Right. He's big. He lumbers, mm-hmm. you know, he's lumbering. Yes. I, I can get away from him. Yeah. I, I would I, say uh, a freeze, a, a day after tomorrow style uh, climate, you know, the, the worst of climate change the means a snap yeah. cold. I don't yeah. think I could do it. I think our, southern, think I think our southern blood is not prepared for the actual frigid. Like those, those, you know, our Alaskan neighbors could probably be just fine, but I don't know that either of us are prepared for a snap freeze. I think I could do it yeah. because I like being cold and snuggling <laughs> up, you know? That's what you mean, right? <laughs> yeah, like it's snuggling. Easy. It's easy I if like... you like a good parka. It's easy. Yeah. Well, I, you know, every night I sleep with heat pads just attached to my body, <laughs> like leeches. I just, they're just attached to every little piece. This is a good raw danger joke I'm making, uh-huh. but you, audience, have never played raw danger, so you don't know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, oh, and then, of course, the last one is the newest. Could you survive the moon crashing into Earth? Could, okay, I want to say something about that movie, Moon Crash. <laughs> Moonfall. Um, Moonfall. Is it called Moonfall? Yeah. Oh, okay, so in that movie, in the trailer, I haven't watched the movie, and yeah. I never I never will. I'll never watch it. I'll never, ever watch it. But it's got it. Samuel Tarly in it. I don't need to say, I'm sorry, bud. Sorry, your career's not going to take off now. Mm-hmm. Sorry, mm-hmm. you're doomed. Um, sorry, it's over for you. Sorry, you peaked already. Hey, I didn't get to star in Game of Thrones. Uh-huh. Maybe you should count your lucky stars and not try and be an A-lister, okay? Maybe not everyone needs to be an A-lister, Samuel Tarly. Um, here's what I was going to say. In the trailer for that movie, uh, I guess at some point they go to the moon yeah. and there's some astronauts were already there. Mm. And one of them did a graffiti on the spaceship i guess before they died to something and it says fuck the moon (laughs) if only it were that easy for all disasters like raw danger if they were just like fuck this flood and then all was solved (laughs) fuck water and then (laughs) as if water will read what you've written Uh and be like ah beans let's go
Welcome to Old Gamers Almanac. My name is Hunter Donaldson. I am your host today. I am joined by special honorary guests um, kind of here. Uh, we, we It was tough to get this one. Yeah, okay, you've got we me for like 30 to... minutes, so let's move okay. this along. I mean, okay, I'm, yeah, yeah, hi, yeah, I'm sure. Matt so Martins, and uh, yes. I have cut places to be. Yeah, we were able to get Matt Martins today. Big, big get for us uh, over here at the Old Gamers Almanac. A very well-respected opinion haver. Uh-huh. Uh, his opinions more important than your opinions. Your opinions are secondary yeah. to his opinions. It's true. Uh, an opinion master, opinion wizard. Matt this is Martins. basically my list. I mean, realistically, yeah. is I am yeah. responsible for all things on it, and uh, I That's alone true. can maintain it. Yeah, it's true. It is sort of your list. Yeah. Um, as in, you approve of it, and mm. I do not. Um. <laughs> So today we are talking about Raw Danger. That's no video game I've never heard of. It's the second game in the Disaster Mm-mm. Report series, um, which is a series of Japanese games that for some reason they allowed to be um, uh, released in the West. Um, and uh, they're great. Uh, and we've never played any of them. And yeah. I've been wanting to play Raw Danger for years now. And finally we played it. This is yeah. a big day on yeah. this show for me personally <laughs> because it's been a long road to get us to here and now finally we're here and we can talk about this very bonkers yeah. game there is a um, strong vocal minority that will go toe-to-toe with anybody to defend this game uh, uh i am of course primarily if you if you want to hear more and more and more and more about this game listen to the past decades worth of material from the insert credit podcast and you'll catch wind of it every now and then that's uh sure. that's certainly where i heard of this game i don't know if hunter had heard of it before this but that's that was I my had. first introduction of course i to had its existence. oh sure you know of every single video I had. game and i'm never... actually a gamer man uh-huh, i'm not sure. a poser here yeah. on this show yeah definitely um i used to see raw da- well here let me let me tell you because we don't have a lot of personal history to talk about today, obviously, because this is a game that me and Matt just played for the first time. Yeah. I'd never played it before. Uh, it has a bogus North American cover. Right. I don't even I don't know what the cover looks like in the Japanese box. I bet it's tasteful uh, and makes the game look artistic and stuff. Yeah. Um, the the North American box art looks like a 1985 like straight to VHS. Yeah like action movie cover right um it's very bad it looks like a some sort of weird diehard ripoff kind of thing mm-hmm. um the font is ridiculous um and i remember seeing this in a video rental store in uh i i mean i'm pretty sure it was in northwest arkansas i don't think it was it wasn't the video rental store i would go to in pine bluff uh-huh. but there was a when i would go up to visit my mother's family in northwest arkansas there was a video rental or a video game rental store we would go to and i remember i would see it and i would think about getting it but i would just be like this box it just looks so it looks bad um yeah and and i don't like talking bad on uh on box art because a lot of bogus box art is actually hilarious right. and the raw danger box art i can now appreciate but at the time as a kid i was like this feels just kind of suspect right so i never checked it out which is huge regret um i i, I wish i had um this there, game came out in like what like 2006 2007 something like that yeah this is yeah. from 2006 uh japan release uh the rest of the world saw it early to mid 2007 yeah yeah and that's actually now that confirms for me because uh, i wasn't even living in pine bluff by the time i was 17 i was right. going to high school right um right. so yeah i i i had seen this on shelves 
never got it because it looked too ridiculous yeah basically yeah. it reminds me of there's a game i cannot think of the name of and i know it starts with an a and i know it has to do a lot with like a fire a fire is happening and it has that same it's like a popular like or not popular but like i remember it existing on like the 360 or the original xbox but there's this like similarly veined like oh it's a disaster it's just a bad thing mm -hmm. happening but it's about a fire and it's got the same woes of just like but you made the art look so bad i never want to I don't ever want to play this game even a right. little bit because right. of the, the horrible disservice you've done to it's yeah looking at even just like some of the other releases there there were four games in the series technically although the fourth one has like a long kind of weird history but they are significantly more uh self-serious in their Japanese release with just like a just like pretty colors and very intense looking uh, font and and all of that. Uh, if, if, yeah. If anything, I would say the box art is probably exactly like what the title screen when you load up this game is. It's basically just like blue faded artwork. And oh, in the and the title screen for this, uh, although I don't know that. <clears throat> so so we should uh, go ahead and state. So we did not actually play raw in danger. the strictest sense of the term raw danger. Um, we technically played. Uh, Zetai Zetsumi Toshi 2, right. uh, which is uh, the Japanese version of the game. There is uh, what someone called a, I guess it's called an undub right. uh, ROM of the game. We emulated this one. Don't, don't, don't get us. Don't get us. <gasps> Call the cops. We actually per purchased a copy of it. I did purchase uh, a copy of it, but it was too uh, chewed up. It was too, uh, the disc was too bad in bad a condition and the local game exchange was unable to buff it out. And I did, there's yeah. no lo other local place with a better buffer. So I did have to return that copy. I tried to play raw danger, but I was unable. Yeah. But you were unable to do it. So we turned to piracy. <gasps> um, and we and we took the uh, undub version of this game, which, which is, is basically a fan translation, not, not yeah. in a fit because like, there is the raw danger official translation with like English voice acting, but it's not even using that dial those dialogues. It is a someone else translating from Japanese oh. to English. I think I might be I wrong. Thought, there. So sorry, Matt. I I I was pretty sure that this was using the, the English, English uh, like translation from the English version that had just been kind of superimposed on the Japanese gotcha. version of the game. Yeah. Um, because there's there. There's occasional lines that are not uh, translated that just happen, and you're just like, I don't know what that person just said. Yeah. And I think it's because there there are things that were cut uh, from the North American release. I don't right. know, not right. certain there. Hmm. Um, Interesting. And that's and that's why they call it an undub instead of calling it a fan translation, because otherwise, I see. Because yeah, exactly. Interesting. Okay. Well, so yeah, that that is what we played. So we were listening to it with original Japanese voice acting, but with English subtitles the english subtitles pulled from the actual uh raw danger american re or worldwide release or whatever um and i just to get it out of the way because we didn't play it but like we've watched some footage the hilarious thing about raw danger itself is their other way of uh americanizing it or westernizing it is to just give every single character blonde hair just they yeah. just swap out everyone with blonde hair it's if very you're japanese done. you have black yep. hair and if you are anywhere else you have blonde hair right yeah so it yeah they switch everyone's hair color as if like that is going to completely westernize this game yeah. when they uh, they have very japanese like face models like it's very yeah. clearly still right. japanese characters 
Well, and and it's it the way the story is presented is is very yeah. is very Japanese. Right. Um, and and th- this is I I would recommend playing it the way we played it, but yeah. we we have not played the North American version, and I have heard some people um talk about uh having a love for the very uh kind of poorly constructed uh English dub uh-huh. of this game, and I know someday that I want to play. I want to play every version of sure. this game. Sure. I loved this game. But the, I, uh, I think it's pieces. noted that the voice acting is not anybody's favorite. So that, you know, t- typical to like anyone's favorite anime or whatever, like th- those parts of the translation are what you're probably going to bump up against. If I mean, if you love that kind of thing, but I think most people that like consuming Japanese media uh, want to hear Japanese voices and read the rest for themselves, basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, unless the dub is good, which uh, the, this is yeah. not known for being a good dub. So right. Um, right. we've talked a lot about this game thus far without actually describing even what sort of what it is. Like, sure. what kind of game is this? Um, do you want to explain it, Matt, or should sure. I? I can. Um, it is a, it, we've been referencing like Roland Emmerich. It's a disaster game. You are just, you start the game as uh, this little waiter that is uh, helping at a uh, big celebration um, that the, the city is having some sort of, I don't even remember what it it's is. It's a like banquet. It's, it's, it's a banquet for the, the mayor yeah. is what's happening. And, and yeah. so they're celebrating this, this very interesting kind of city. I don't, there's even like strange, weird, like lore about the city, but none of that matters because uh, disaster strikes. There's a horrible flood. It's been raining for days at the start of this. And now uh, like the dams are breaking and everything's going wrong and you just need to escape. And in that way, I think it follows a lot of, disaster movie plot lines which it's like it's not like it it ends up being about something bigger but as you play through as this waiter you are primarily focused on just getting out of the city alive and that is the only thing you end up tasking yourself with Uh, Mm -hmm. and you play through that for about three hours uh you escape the city you do little things like you can collect uh things to heat yourself up you have a constantly going uh like moisture (laughs) rate like uh temperature thing you have your body temperature and you have your level of wetness and the more wet you are the quicker your body temperature drops and so you need to find little points to heat yourself up or you need to find objects to heat yourself up and that's kind of like the main tension that the game is constantly throwing at you on top of like also oh my gosh the bridge collapsed and you need to find a way to jump across it or whatever and so there's like light little clunky platforming stuff and you know some crafting mechanics of like oh i can i can tear this thing apart to turn it into flammables to then heat myself up throughout the game or whatever so so little stuff like that um but as you, you you beat the game in about three hours or so with this one character, and then the game does the truly fascinating point of this game and the reason you should play it. Because just playing through this first guy's thing, it's like, oh, that's a pretty fun little easy kind of um, casual disaster game. Cool. But what happens is throughout that game, you make a few choices. You decide to do very specific things, and then you restart the game as a new character, someone that you have come across in your adventure yeah. as Joshua, you have interacted with you have interacted yeah. with them and you made a decision that impacted that character now you're going to play their side of the story and they go through all of their things and then you come up to the moment where joshua made a decision that impacts you and you watch the ramifications of that decision on this new character and you do that like five times you play through this right. whole disaster five separate times with all of the, the decisions from each storyline impacting each next person. And that turns into this huge branching paths of a bunch of different endings for all of the various characters that you can end up with. Right. There's uh, six 
six characters or or six uh maybe i should say sections of the game yeah um each section involving uh, a few critical choices that you make that kind of plops out uh an ending yeah. uh as far as you got and it will literally tell you uh at the ending point we'll say you did this yeah and got this ending right um it doesn't tell you with detail it'll just say you did type two ending right. a yeah, or yeah. something like that it's very uh mathematical and uh, uh pretty goofy uh, and then by the end of the game, that all adds up to a situation that your that your ending takes place in. And right. Matt, our endings were quite different. Our um, our endings were very, very, very different. I would say yeah. we only you and I played probably one, maybe two characters pretty similarly. But even mm -hmm. one of the characters we played really similarly. But because you did other characters way differently, you still ended up with a very different outcome for that character. Like, even right. though we played them with the same sort of mentality, they ended up in completely different places because of all of the other situations that came up. So that that's a fascinating part to me, the idea that, like, you can play a character the same way, but it doesn't matter. Those choices aren't what matter. It's all the previous choices that still impact this character's storyline and, and reshape everything that the ending could end up being, essentially. Yeah, so mechanically, it it basically functions. Matt was sort of covering, but it, it basically fun functions like a like a very um, kind of simple survival game, uh, where there's really only two things that you're looking out for: how wet you are and what your body temperature is. Your body temperature is your absolute like health bar. Right. Your wetness is sort of a multiplier on that health bar. Right. So the wetter you are, the colder you're you'll get, and the faster you'll get cold. Right. Um. And so therefore you, you want to keep your body temperature up and you also want to keep your, you want to keep yourself dry, but it's kind of in that order. We, yeah. we, our focus is on the body temp, right? Sometimes we're just wet and right. we have to accept that we're wet. Right. And when we're wet, we get cold. Yeah. And we have certain items that we can pick up that will allow us to keep ourselves warm. Uh, we can at times prepare for a cold portion of the game by um, eating food, eating hot food. We'll uh -huh. just kind of it give you kind of a you'll kind of go in with a resistance to wetness or with I, I guess i should say resistance to the uh wetness making you cold um you can also get you know umbrellas exist yeah. in the game goofy very goofy costume stuff exists in this game yep um but mostly i think what what makes the game shine what makes the game exciting are the characters and the way their stories yeah intersect Yep. Um, and kind of Swiss cheese through each other over right. and over and over. Um, and I just want to be clear, the tone of this game is schlocky. Yeah. But heartfelt. Yes. Um, you should not think this game... We're not recommending you a, a smarty pants, smart guy game mm -mm. where everything about it is just uh, exquisitely put together. Yeah. Um, it, it, is, it is pretty goofy. Um, but kind of, uh, maybe, maybe the construction of it is probably the smartest aspect of it, but it, it is a very, it's a very goofy, silly game. Yeah. The, um, and the I, tone is hilarious. The, the tone, uh, allows for really goofy things. And I think the only reason they are allowed to get away with how, like, truly stupid the tone can be and that's on purpose like it you can put on a christmas hat and run around in a santa hat for like the entire yeah, game yeah, while yeah. you're like escaping this horrible flight. right right and there's like this dumb uh city mascot character that always pops up like it just keeps showing up in different settings matt are you talking about geo the city mascot mm, i i guess i don't know i love i love geo and i always knew what geo's name was 
Um, and uh, it's such a funny character, and it's really cute. Okay, we when I streamed uh, this game, which I did not get to stream the entirety of it, which I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, there I ran into technical difficulties uh, with emulating this, which is maybe something we should throw out for y'all, and also something I just want to say in general at this point. This game could use uh, a re-release of some kind. Yeah. I think people would like it, would like to play this game. Um, it's very, very interesting uh, and feels like kind of a, a lost relic. Yeah. It's sort of um, another version, another way the, uh, I think, Telltale games could have gone is sort of something like this. Yeah. And this would have been a lot more interesting than what they did do, to right. be honest, just to throw some shade and cold <laughs> sure. water on every Telltale game, which I will do right now. Yeah. Broad Danger's better than those games. I mean, you know? I probably agree. I've never played a Telltale game. But I was talking about the tone of this game and how goofy it is. And the reason it gets away with that is because while being a disaster uh, movie game, be while being mm -hmm. about a disaster, mm -hmm. it does not do the horrible thing that like American disaster movies do where it's like, and then the guy falls off the cliff to his death. And like you watch like dozens and dozens of people die in any like mm -hmm. Roland Emmerich movie. Right. And it's yeah, like, yeah. it's you like torture porn. To you become completely yeah. desensitized to horribly traumatic death. That happens. I, if I can recall, I think you see one person in the entire game, like one stranger falls to their presumed death ever mm -hmm. and it's like mm -hmm. in a serious moment and it's like actually taken kind of seriously despite i mean you could you could be wearing like a santa hat at that point and that sort of yeah, but beyond yeah. that the it's game true. is deeply empathetic to like this is about characters surviving a disaster and it is not about the disaster itself and how horrible yeah. and gory and terrifying this game isn't actually trying to scare you that much yeah in its disasterdom it's not it's not a cynical game. Yeah. And maybe that's why the North American box art doesn't hit right. Because the yeah. North American box art makes it look like it loves the danger. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, this this game this game loves the characters that it puts into these unfortunate situations. Um, which is like kind of the whole... I, I, I feel like the whole hook of it. Yeah, it's is the only that. reason it works. I mean, it's yeah. the only reason it works is because like... I, like I'm a person who has difficulty playing games that are like maybe poorly translated from Japanese, right? That was like a mm -hmm. whole problem that I ran into with like Final Fantasy VII, a deeply beloved game. This game worked for me. Like I did like almost all of the characters uh, and I enjoyed doing them. And the idea that also I could go back and replay these characters and have them have a completely different attitude and it would maybe still work, I think is great. There's a, there's a limit to that, though, I think that we both discovered, which is like, especially in Joshua's story, this game gives you opportunities to be like a real piece of shit. And it is a line I was never willing to cross because you can be horribly ruthless in this game if you want to take like the worst of all dialogue options. Some of the characters can be horribly ruthless. Um, Joshua can be, Joshua, I think has the widest, yes. like kind of, uh, cone of what, uh, makes sense for his character, which is fine. He's also like the first character you play as. Yeah. He's not very well defined before right. you play as him because he's the starting character. Well, and it, it's we have giving no you the opportunity to set the stage for everybody else. Everybody, he, he's also yes. the least plot centric character. He's just yes. doing stuff. And then, and you don't even know, like you don't necessarily need, like if anything, it stinks that you've, you're listening to this episode because like you don't need to know the hook of the game and you would just play Joshua's story a certain way. 
and then the game would reset and you'd be like, wait, no, oh my God. Because you are immediately met with the fact that you are playing, like the, the second character you play is, I'll spoil it real quickly. The second character you play as is a woman who is presumably an escaped convict and she's a right. murderer on the loose. Right. And the your when you cross paths with her in Josh's storyline, you can see her and you can either say, help, help, there's that murderer I saw on TV or you can let her sneak past. And then... That just happens. Whatever happens, right, what that happens. Right. You kind of go, okay, whatever. That was part of the plot. But then when the game resets, you immediately start as that character. And you go, oh my god, no, wait. But yeah. I would. But I did a thing to her. I did something very serious to that person. And I don't. I wonder what's going to happen when I get to that part of her storyline. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's this kind of thing where you sort of always choose between being um, selfish uh, or selfless. Um, and generally speaking, if you want to choose the selfish option, it does it doesn't like punish you exactly. It sort of punishes you in the same way that we haven't talked about it yet, but Disco Elysium is an RPG game where it's a lot of it's based on a lot of success or failure rolls yeah. in the game. You you try to do something, you roll a uh, computer dice right. and it determines whether you succeeded or failed. A lot of times when you fail, it's uh still very interesting. Yeah. So this is a game that presents you with the good guy and bad guy morality stuff that was really popular in the 2000s. Think yes, um, Knights of the Old Republic, stuff like that. Right. But it it does actually have a better hook than most of those games, which is that choosing good or evil is not the end point. Right. It is the beginning yes. of a, a, a tree of decisions that now you, when you play as another character, will have to deal with the ramifications of. Right. Which is something that like, I don't know. I mean, honestly, it got that this kind of thing in this era got very corny to me. Yeah, it would just well, be like, do you want to be a good person, right? Or do you want to like massacre a village and commit genocide? Yeah, like, exactly. It's horrible. And, and they would present this as if like, ah, oh, these ethical choices. Some of the choices in Raw Danger are just as ridiculous as those. Sure. But because we have to deal with the consequences of it. Exactly. It's deeper. Like yes. it just is. Right. Basically. Th think about how much we've talked about in like Mass Effect. You can play as just this ruthless asshole. And yeah. that doesn't necessarily like go anywhere meaningful. It just no. changes the flavor of the writing. Whereas right. in this instance, it changes the events themselves. And not just right. for other characters you probably don't care about because they're just you just know they're written characters it's like no 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 this is going to impact me later my ability right. to play this game will be impacted by my own decision and so it's like it forces you to have empathy and forces right. you to think empathetically about your decisions you're making in the game because you have to put you literally have to put yourself in these different characters shoes you are going to play as them and so you have to think about the ramifications of what you've done yeah um and it's pretty bold in the way that it incorporates these choices um for example there is a taxi driver character mm -hmm. in the game that you play as and i uh, so i made one at the beginning of every story i would make some very snap decisions about how i wanted to play this character right. and it was normally based off of whatever their first dialogue was i would kind of see like okay here's the flavors of this character that right. they're presenting right and with the taxi driver i kind of wanted to play him as uh as as selfish um as as just trying to take care of uh because i hadn't really played any character as evil yet yeah um i had played either I played Joshua as kind of pragmatic good, but not a hero. I had played the second character 
as uh, a goody two shoes, like just yeah. the goodest I could be. And so uh, for this taxi driver character, I wanted to play as evil. Um, well, I chose a choice very early in the um, the playthrough, uh, which was sort of him saying basically like, whoa, it looks like there's a flood coming um, and someone's in danger. Um, but also I could just leave. I could just drive out of town. I have a car, so yeah. I could just drive. And I was like, oh, that'd be, yeah, let's take that. that, that that'd be really funny if it just ended because I just started this. And, and it did. It did. Um, so there's a way to... <laughs> There's a way to just skip one of the characters. Yeah. And guess what? I just lived with that decision. I, th I, I am definitely going to play this game again, but I don't have anything to say about that character. Right. Because I saw five minutes of his story. Right. You literally played two and a half other, yeah. hours less than I did. You played two and right. a half less hours right. of full of like what the game says you played. Like I probably, I, I failed and restarted a bunch of times, but like in the actual amount of stuff that you did, it was like two and a half hours less. And yes, you were about to get into something, which is the idea that just doing that, that's the thing that changed your fifth character's whole storyline, even yeah. though you were playing your fifth story character's storyline who's like this scientist with amnesia and it's where you actually get into like the proper plot of the game itself like why is this a horrible catastrophe happening and what's going on and you 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 stumble upon this sort of like conspiracy that's been going on well the taxi driver is supposed to experience a bunch of that right. hunter completely but skipped over it yep, and so then his it. fifth character and his sixth character were drastically impacted by just even that decision I believe it set up my ending to be what it was. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm it not did. certain, but I believe that that choice uh, set my ending to be the ending that it was, which I dare not spoil sure. the ending that I got. I, I would say your Joshua ending, me. your Joshua ending and your taxi driver ending both impacted your final, final ending is what I will, will say. Right. I played good guy through and through. Like, like we said earlier, you get like a 1A, character 1, ending A. I had 1A, 2A, 3A, 4A, 5A, 6A. So yeah. I believe I experienced what would be quote unquote, not that I believe this actually exists in this game, but the true ending essentially is what I think yeah. I experienced to a certain extent. I think there's some things that I missed though, uh, regardless. But the other thing we should say, um, and Hunter, you said you want to replay this game. There's a specific time of year uh, that you have said yes. you will replay yes. this game every uh, every year. Will you please tell us when and why you will be replaying this game every single year? So, listener, we have withheld one critical piece of information when it comes to raw danger. Um, and it is... We did tease it. We sort of teased it earlier. We sort of teased it. So, raw danger is, and I hope you're sitting down, a Christmas game. <laughs> it is set. It is about a flood... It is about a levee breaking and a flood that happens on Christmas. It's literally Christmas Eve, is it not? It is, I'm pretty yeah. sure the banquet is Christmas Eve. Yeah. Uh, so there's Christmas decorations everywhere. And it it's just, I mean, we don't have a lot of Christmas games. Yeah. Uh, this is actually, uh, we were talking about insert credit earlier. The very first time I heard them mention this game was because someone was asking, "Is are there Christmas games? And yeah. they were just all, all like, and I'm like, what, what is Raw Danger? Yeah. They keep talking about this game, Raw Danger. Um, but let me tell you something. I don't know why, but I, this, this game is probably a Christmas tradition for myself now. Yeah. Well, I don't understand why I would not play this every Christmas because it's got Christmas vibes and there's no, there are precious few Christmas games. There's yes. basically none. And, and not only is it just like set during Christmas. And so it has that vibe the whole time you play it, but it is also like the game as we've already presented to you 
it is about the spirit of Christmas. Like, mm -hmm. spread goodwill. Help people get through this by doing good for others, and you will, like, be rewarded in safety of them also helping you. Like, this game literally is a Christmas game in, like, the same way that Christmas movies are about the spirit of Christmas. And that is right. the part that blew my mind, is, like, the, I mean, this is a Christmas game through and through. Uh, it, right. In, more so than even Die Hard is a Christmas movie, just because Die Hard, like, sure. takes place. Yeah, sure, we all have heard the joke, and it's Die Hard. This you, I'm not even going to hear the debates that this is not a Christmas game. This is the most Christmas game we've I've ever seen. Yeah, it's it's very much a Christmas game. Um, I the new the newest Spider-Man game is also a Christmas game, and I mm. this this Christmas expect me to play a lot of uh, only Christmas games on stream, um, because it's it's just a new tradition I want to start. I'm I'm done with the Christmas movie. Uh -huh. Long live the Christmas game. The Christmas game. Uh, so yeah, you'll see me play Raw Danger again, okay, doing different endings this time, mm -hmm. and Spider-Man Miles Morales this Christmas. Go ahead and mark it in wow. your calendar because it's happening, and I'm just going to play Christmas games for the rest of my life. Um, so yeah, uh, I where are we even at in talking about this game? I well, love now this I'm obsessed game so with trying to figure out. I'm trying to figure out what what other Christmas games exist. Like, what even is there? Uh, A lot of them. So so I knew. There, there's, uh, there was the Batman Arkham game that was made by oh, Warner Arkham Brothers, Origins. not by, yeah, Arkham Origins is set during Christmas. I don't really like that game that sure. much. Um, I think when the Arkham games were hot, um, they were making too many of them, and that was like one game too many. Not to say that the game is that those games are trash or anything. I think they're fine games. It's just when they were coming out, they were coming out too often, yeah. and I just remember playing Arkham Origins. I played through the entire game, got to the final boss. And then I got distracted by like, I was like, uh, I think I needed to go eat something. Mm -hmm. And it's like, all right, I'm on the final boss. I should come back and finish it. And then I just didn't. And that's like the only time I've ever done that with any video game. Mm. I, I got all the way to finishing it and then just did not care yeah. to go the last five minutes. Uh, you I know will what present I mean? you with two more. There's a bunch of like Christmas DLC for games, but I will present yeah, you with no, two. That's not enough. I'll present you with two, with two other options. One is, one is a DLC but I would say it's good enough that it counts. Hitman has a Holiday Hoarders DLC. Yeah. Yes. So yes. playing Christmas Hitman could be a new Christmas tradition. And the other... Wait, which, which Hitman is it? Uh, it just says uh, is a, it for Hitman. I don't know. I, I don't know. We, we, it would take me a bit longer to, to double check. But the other one I'll say, oh, while, okay. while maybe you look that up, is... And I don't know if this game is any good because I think this series falls off really hard. But Dead Rising 4... Uh, also has some Christmas stuff uh, in it. That's that's not enough. <laughs> yeah. So that's the problem. Then we just we lack so many properly Christmas games. What's happened with that? Why are there so many Christmas movies and just no Christmas games? It's just, I don't it's know. All Christmas DLC. All anybody wants. I guess nobody's willing to. Here's the problem. Here's what it is. I'll, 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 this is the this is my big thing. Is I love I love a ten hour game. A five yeah. to ten hour game. That yeah, is yeah. my the best. sweet spot. I, yeah. I can Every play game the whole game. Five to ten hours. Every yeah. single yeah. video game should be five right. to ten hours long. And if we accepted that as a truth, there would be more willingness for video game. First off, video games could be thirty to forty dollars, and and that would like be okay in certain contexts. Mm -hmm. And you could have a Christmas game. It's a ten hour game. It's supposed to just be a thing you play for a little while and then you move on to the next game. I I there there should be 
Christmas games that are just in that in that five to ten hour window, and I I, I would love that. And give me give me more Halloween. There's plenty of Halloween games. I feel like I mean I guess just spooky well, games. Or horror games are all Halloween games. Right. I feel like Im- Im- implicitly. Also, we failed to mention the Animal Crossings all have a, sure, a but that's Christmas the same, element to them. Yeah, that's a, I, those are I year round the, games. Those are holiday centric sure. games. Period. I just want to say though, I think Animal Crossing though vibe wise is perfect for sure. Christmas sure. as well. Sure. Like it just it just already has because what what is what is Christmas about? But uh, you know, buying things for your island. You know what I mean? <laughs> sure. Like that's the the meaning of Christmas <laughs> is purchasing things to Owning put on, on things at your island and putting them where others can and paying see off them. your debts yeah. to um you know yeah raccoon type. People, but like putting you know, off paying some of your debts because you really need that uh, grill, you know. That's yeah, the whole thing. I need the grill. Like, I, need I need the, the grill, Mario grill more than I yeah. need to finish paying this hospital bill from yeah. six months yeah. ago. Yeah. So we have not talked about raw danger in about five minutes. But, oh yeah, uh, sure. Sorry. What uh, What me. else? What else do we want to say about it besides just like I don't um, know if you've never played okay. this game, check it out and well, play it. Don't be put off by the weird look of it. it has a yes. weird. It has a very PlayStation Two. Uh, they're barely making this work. Yeah. Kind of. Like look, and, to and it. I w- I will say some of that clunkiness uh, imposes itself on the gameplay every now and then. It's not like let's not. I love this game. I love the vibe of this game. There's so much that it's doing, but it can be a bit of a chore to get through like little segments. There are times where suddenly the game is like you're in a high speed moment. You're you're right driving this motorcycle across this bridge, and like. You don't you don't have enough time to figure out what you're supposed to do with that and the controls aren't quite good enough for you to like deftly maneuver through that and there were many moments where like suddenly the game would be like it's a chase sequence and I would just die over and over and over and over and over again until I like yeah, I, perfectly executed it. I have to push back cuz I I I think what I'm realizing too about especially with this game Matt cuz there were a couple times in this game that you were just like I'll just tell you what to do sure. because you're you're going to get stuck for an amount of time i i just think matt when you get to an area you want to get through it you want to get through it on the first time that's not even the kind of moment those things also exist in this game where it's just like i don't even know what i'm supposed to do but i'm talking about like there is a at times like mechanical bloat to what you are trying to do where the game doesn't like really that cleanly signpost what it is it wants you to do and you have to just sort of guess and check a few times and i, I mean i don't think i'm alone in finding that like you you have unlimited patience for that and that's that's great no like, i don't okay well, you have unlimited okay uh, sure unlimited. But you have a lot you have a lot of patience for that and um when it's like not signposted and not it's, it's like it's not like i even need like a thing to pop up on screen that's like press r1 now but like right. there were plenty of times where all of the tension of the chase thing was lost because I just like was dying to it over and over again. That's different than the like, I can't quite figure out what to do and it's taking me a while and then, oh, I finally figured it out. That's fine when it's like puzzly, but when it's like they're trying to build tension, but they are undermining it in the mechanical bloat of what they're asking me to do. I would not, I would not call it bloaty. I yeah. would say that there, there are some things that are not used yeah. really ever. Right. Um, That's for sure. But, but your toolkit is actually really simple. Yeah. Basically, there's if you are ever playing this game, and now this is just advice, sure. because this is what Matt is talking about, because every every single time you're like, oh, I'm not sure exactly what to do. There's only there's there's only three things your character actually can do. Right. Run. You can't even jump. You can. There's a contextual jump, but you right. cannot jump. It's that old style you, like Zelda jump. Sure. Um, so you can run. You can grip. Yeah. 
which is you press like R1. You either grip a rail or you sit on the ground and like hunker down. Yeah. Or, and this is the one you'll forget, you can yell like as in for help. Shout for help. Yeah. Every single time you have a problem in this game, it, it is solved by one of those three things. Right. There's basically no other way. Right. I mean, there's the whole item aspect there's of the game. There's puzzling natures where it's like, find the right item. But that's like that stuff doesn't bother me. That's that's point and click stuff, right? That's adventure right. game. You like that stuff. I like that kind of struggle or whatever, where it's just like, I can't find the thing. Oh, there it is. I was supposed to interact this object mm-hmm. with that person or whatever. That stuff doesn't bother me too much. But um, I will say, like you were saying, there's a lot of stuff just kind of left out. Every character has a talent that they can do, but yeah. you really only use like one character's talent in an important way there's a couple others that like you can use right but i i actually like because the first two characters i never found a way to use their talents i stopped looking at it until the fifth character when you basically have to use their talent to like progress the story um so that was a that was like not a disappointment but it's just like there are aspects of this game where they sort of put them in front of you and then forget about them the crafting system too i would say is actually one you never ever ever have to use in any way now i don't know you can play this game again on hard mode and i wonder how that changes if the scope of of the crafting is for the hard mode uh it might be it 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 very well could be um i will say the the talent part didn't really bother me too much because um i'm 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 inquisitive when when i when i look when i play especially a japanese game you got to open up the menu you got to look at all the stuff you can do right you don't assume everything you see is 100 percent important but i would say there were some pretty good hints that the unimportant talents were unimportant oh for sure the very first character you play uh joshua you open up his talent menu yeah and his talent is hug (laughs) i'm like that's probably not coming up yeah it actually did i did have an opportunity to hug someone and i did hug them right but it is it is kind of obvious when that will be important and when it won't be. And also like it's kind of a good mechanical trick that the characters with important talents that are adding a little more mechanically yeah. uh, to the game are later right. in your playthrough, not the game earlier. Gets more complex as you go. Joshua's yeah. is very much a moment by moment, like literally I think I learned I, I've taken too many bad habits from like more more current games and like like your fallouts where it's like i don't know hold on to everything hoard stuff because maybe you'll use it later whereas mm-hmm. I, I i started doing that in joshua's playthrough and then it's like you don't have the carrying capacity to hold very much stuff you basically right. are always holding exactly what you need for the next thing that is coming up and that's all you really ever have to worry about this game is actually not very difficult at all especially yeah. on that front like you can ignore a lot of items the biggest mistake i made on joshua's uh, playthrough is i got rid of got rid of a pot almost right away which meant i never got to cook any food ever again and i didn't come across another pot for like and you never found another never pot? found that's another cool. pot yeah you find you find those pots in that first kitchen and then i think there's maybe one other instance where you find a pot but i also was like encumbered at that point too and was like well i don't think i need the pot because the reality is food heats you up but so do just these first aid kits and these heating pads and basically right. Past a certain point of this game, all I ever had on me were first aid kits, heating pads, and whatever story item I needed for the obvious upcoming next thing. And I, right. I disengaged with the entire rest of the inventory system to, for the most part. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair because a lot of it, I mean, a lot of it is fairly unimportant. Um, I will say it's definitely a game made to be played through multiple times, as right. we've alluded to with the multiple endings thing. Um, and I am excited to see how the um, item... 
uh, aspect of the game sort of matures yeah. uh, over the course of, of multiple playthroughs. Right. And um, on hard I do... mode. I'm, I'm mostly curious yeah. about the hard mode. I really want to know if that, that does something. The biggest one for me, and I wonder if hard mode like also takes some things away, but he- here's the two things that the game really puts in front of you that I was like, ah, oh, that seems like a system they really wanted me to use, and I never had a purpose for it. There is, there's these recycling bins, and there's this like guy, this like just this dude oh, with yeah, like a yeah, bag yeah. where yeah, you can yeah, yeah. you can put stuff in the recycling bins or you can give that guy stuff the idea being like in other playthroughs like i can i can offload items onto that and then a next character will be able to pick those items up but that never came to fruition in a meaningful way that never mattered i'm sure i'm sh- certain there are little secrets in the game where it's like, well, if you grab that weird item, you put it in the recycling yeah. bin and then you yeah. use it on character four, oh, like a funny little thing becomes available. But it's never critical to the game. And I, I do feel a little bit like that's like a missed step because they point at it so heavily. They're like, this is the recycling bin. You can put stuff in here so that other characters can use it later. But then there's just right. like never a reason to have done that. Right. So I, I did it just for fun, just to see how it would play out. And yeah, I mean, I it took me most of my playthrough to realize that the point of that has to do with multiple runs, yes. not your first run. Right. Basically right. the first time you play this um, game is going to be very different than when you like, I mean, similar to like a, a Tokimeki Memorial kind of situation where it's like, well now I just am attempting to try every single viable outcome and I'm right. going to do the weird little tricks to see how every single thing can be reached. Yeah. Um, and the, I guarantee you there's, there's some, I mean, we were actually finding out about something having to do with like a, like these jewels that you can collect from this weird lady. There's like a very strange woman that that is apparently a jewel thief. And there's, yeah, there's little side stories happening in this game that are worth investigating that we we did not put the time into yet. The game is dense and I highly recommend that you check it out, um, especially if you have the patience for just weird games that kind of have their own yeah. point of view sure. that, that like, I, I don't really, I, I feel like this game should have been, okay. So there's a couple games that, that I feel like, um, that came later that took inspiration from this. I will say there are a lot of times where it's like, wow, this kind of feels like uncharted. Sure. Like yeah. the way uncharted will have these set pieces of just like Nathan Drake running through difficult. I mean, it's like, this is, execution is wildly off yeah well it's way older too it's yeah. ps2 this is like early ps2 or whatever compared to like some it's PS3 older tech. with less money yeah so yeah, yeah i and I, but it does remind me of those like set piece moments from sure. uncharted very frequently yeah. um and yeah the the telltale games i feel like are kind of a um you know are, are sort of playing off of this idea but taking a lot of the mechanical depth away from it yeah um and then games that came before it. I mean, in in a way, you could you could kind of dismiss this game as being essentially Resident Evil, sure. without zombies plus more choices. Well, um, and the thing I was gonna say though too is for me, the thing I love the most about this game and its multiple endings is it's in a bite sized format. Because the other notable stuff like this that I can think of are freaking huge crpgs and jrpgs that are like yeah they have branching paths but it's a 50 to 80 hour long game that you have to dedicate your life to to seeing all the different outcomes you can play planescape torment a ton of times but that game is way way longer than this you could play this game for about 40 hours and experience 
every single possible outcome. Like that's how long it would take to like 100% this game. Maybe I'm, I'm giving like a random estimation, but like the whole game can be played in like six to 10 hours on the first playthrough. And that's later playthroughs. Like you'll do a decent amount faster or whatever. Like, I think that's amazing for this kind of a thing. It's like those choose your own adventure books where it's like, well, the whole book in its entirety is only 300 pages and you're doing the story by skipping huge chunks of that every single time. So I, I think um, for me as a player, that's like the most redeeming quality of this thing is like, listen, they, they gave you that kind of style in a uh, context where you can actually experience all of it. Yeah, I just, I think this game sits in like a weird zone that I wish we had more games like this. Yeah. Um, this is to me uh, more interesting uh, than Walking or than the uh, Telltale games. Yeah. Uh, even even the Walking Dead season one that they did, um, I like it better than any. Well, of course, it's 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 way much more similar to the David Cage games. Uh-huh. Um, as far as the David Cage games are all pretty goofy and weird, um, but this this blows that out of the water. Yeah. I mean, there's no David Cage game. I and actually, I will say this: if you're somebody that likes David Cage, um, you should for sure play Raw oh, Danger. Yeah, like a hundred percent. Yeah, Indigo um, Prophecy, Heavy Rain. Those games are what we're referencing here. And if you like those like incredibly story driven, multiple outcome games. This is way better <laughs> than any of those, yeah. I think. This is way, way better than those. Um, you know, I mean, I wouldn't go so far. I mean, L.A. Noir is maybe on a a more adult execution uh-huh. kind of level. Um, but I don't know. I mean, L.A. Noir, we, we, we were going to talk about L.A. Noir yeah. eventually, but it's, it's, it's kind of been kicked off the schedule. Um, but I will say uh, at this point, I definitely prefer this, I think, even to that. Yeah. Um, I, I wish there were more games like this. I wish more people played this game and then made like, oh, I want to make a game with this kind of structure and this kind of just, it's it's a survival game where all the characters are just trying to survive. Right. There's no, you know, there's not bad guys with guns that you have to shoot. It's right. literally just like survive this flood. And that's that's kind of a breath of fresh air yeah. um, compared to most games. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that it is about something uh, kind of big and serious without just being violent and ins- and like mm-hmm. and cruel. It's not cruel. Mm-hmm. Like it's right at the end is when like some of the characters bring the guns out because you get into like government conspiracy stuff. But it's but, like, earned it by that. It's point. earned you it by that I mean? point. Like, and also, yeah. it's like it's a it's a Japanese thing where it's like ramping up its storyline to like the absolute craziest degree that it can within its sort of confines. I mean, the only thing there there is one aspect to this game that never quite did you hunter in your stuff even experience the stuff where they're referencing like the god's eye or what is it they 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 are talking like a few characters like get really very weird in this game and i Mm -hmm. i almost expected this game to get like jrpg a god uh, is what has unleashed the terror disaster on all this and it never went there but it it skirted very very close to that at a couple points Hmm. Yeah, I I'm not sure I know what you're talking about. Yeah, like, you, like I don't think you did because I think very differently. I think the only times it happens is towards the end of the two characters that you didn't really see like the 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 long endings of. But there's there's some weird stuff in this game, and I wonder if there's even more kind of to that stuff, uh, or or if that's like a thing within the rest of the series. But I don't know. I I I think this was uh, great fun the whole time. Also worth just noting, just saying this. I played this on my Steam Deck. Uh, and it ran smooth as glass, 
uh, on emulators that took me absolutely no time to get rigged. Like, it was the easiest process ever to just play this game. So, like, you definitely... I was scared of emulation for a while, and this is, like, a weird game that we found this, like, kind of... I mean, it's known within its own community, but just, like, this random undub version of it, and I just popped it in and loaded it up, and it worked just great. Like, that... that you should try this game. Like, it's not that hard to get a hold of in this in this way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, now we are at now. Now it's time. Yeah. Let's rank. Boy. Raw danger. Oh my god. <laughs> um, who do we think's on the high end? Who do we think's on the low end? I'm probably on the low end because I had sort of those mechanical gripes. You know, yeah. I, I had I I I I had some of those issues. But then also on the other side, I don't know. Like I I exp- well, I don't know. You you loved your very strange experience of it even if it was two and a half shorter two and a half hours shorter and like one of the no, storylines yeah, like didn't happen <laughs> yeah i did a but yeah listener i did a lot of weird stuff yeah on my run i deliberately was like i want to make weird choices on the first run because i never do that in games yeah, like this right and it delivered me a, a <laughs> quite weird outcome that i very much enjoyed and now guess what <laughs> listener i get to play the game again and do completely. I can do it more straightforward yeah. this time, or whatever I want. Right. I don't know. I'm so excited to yeah. see how much, how many endings this game has. Yeah. Um. So, uh, I'm on the high end. You're on the low end. Yeah. Um. How do we want to? I don't know. Do you just want me to say what number? Give me, I, the highest yeah. Give, number me, give could, me. Give me your highest. I'll give you my lowest. Okay. I would be happy. I I would not bat an eye at rating raw danger as the number four best game of all time. <laughs> I knew you were going to go down. So higher than Halo Combat Evolved, but it is definitely, definitively not better than Katamari Damacy for you. No, no, no. I'm saying I would rank you it could number go four. For, okay, so not better Katamari than getting now. over it with Bennett Foddy, but it yeah. could, in your eyes, be better than Katamari Damacy. Yeah. I would say that this, oh man, I was going to kind of open this up to quite a, a wide range because I was going to say the absolute lowest which now I can tell will not happen because of how, how high you're riding on this. The, mm-hmm. the absolute lowest for me would be 25. I think this could be worse than Pikmin, uh, better than wow. Sonic the Hedgehog. I'm this not is saying the most we've this ever is the widest range. We, 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 yeah. Well, but again, I, don't, I think both of us are kind of saying, like, I could be talked into really high, and I could be talked into really, really, like, quite low. So I, I, nah, don't, we, I don't... I don't even think we specifically end up in the middle here. I think like anything could happen in the next 20 minutes. All right, so, but what what range do we want to read out? I'm going to read I'll read it all really fast. All here right, we go. And fine, it's it's fine. listed in the show notes anyway, so you can go just read this real quick, but this game is potentially worse than Getting Over It with Ben Foddy. Katamari Damacy, Halo Combat Evolved, Quake, Papers, Please, Hyperlight Drifter, Crusader Kings 3, Hitman 2016, Jet Set Radio, Halo 3, Mass Effect 3, Mass Effect 2, Outrun, Centipede, Inscription, Kirby Superstar, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3, Forza Horizon 5, Metroid Dread, Donkey Kong Country 3, Final Fantasy 7, or Pikmin, putting it then uh, slightly just above Sonic the Hedgehog 1991. Boy, okay. howdy, what a wide, I think we just throw a dart at the board and start the conversation there. What's the most um, what's the most important game to talk about this compared with? Where do we need to start? Um well, what does raw danger have in common with other I argue games? we I need don't to start we need to start the conversations close to the middle with our Mass Effect brothers. Okay. The Mass Effect okay. 2 and 3, we start there and we see if it goes up or down. We've already, Matt, yeah. compared Raw Danger mm-hmm. to Mass Effect in in favor of Raw Danger. It's true. Mass Effect's <laughs> n- narrative choices are shallow 
and uh, pretty much uninteresting yeah. throughout. Yeah. Now, I will say, do I, I... I do like the characters of Mass Effect, all right? I don't hate them. I don't find them to yeah. be boring. Right. I, I think the voice actors have a lot of fun with it. Yeah. And it's an enjoyable little family. Yeah. So I would maybe give characters, as far as just like how much I like them, I would maybe give it to uh, Mass Effect. However, how interested in them are am I yeah. within playing the game? I'm more interested in the characters of Raw Danger. Right. They right. excite me. Yeah. They, I want to know more about them. Yeah. In a way and, that Mass Effect is kind of just like, oh, they're fun. Right. I don't know. And they're the fun. goofiness, as we've talked about, the goofiness of Raw Danger justifies itself more often, whereas Mass Effect is like, I can be goofy, and then I can also like basically commit genocide and just be like this horrible, horrible cop. Like I don't understand yeah. how I'm supposed to understand this tone or whatever. Now, right. on another side, and this is one I don't know which way to go with it, but Mass Effect as a series, and that's really what we're talking about here is right, because we're talking about Mass Effect 2 and 3 at the same time. Right. Mass Effect 2 and 3 are reaching very, very, very high. Right? But yeah. I would argue Raw, Raw Danger is higher. Raw Danger is reaching high, and Mass Effect had basically unlimited money <laughs> to reach yeah. as high as it wanted to, and Raw Danger sure. clearly had X number, and it's not a very big one to reach I'm as like high a hype as it man reached. For Raw Danger right now. <laughs> Raw Danger did more with less. Yeah. Next point. Yeah, that's I think we move I think we solved that. I think we move yeah. on from Mass Effect and Raw Danger right. is heck yeah. Ra Raw Danger here, here's what we said about Mass Effect back then is it reached for something high and it failed. And Raw Danger yes. reached for something failure. high and succeeded. It proved you can do that on a yep. budget. So why did you blow 14 billion dollars on this failed experiment when we proved you could do it in 6 right. hours? Like right. what do you do in Mass Effect? What's your problem? Yeah, and also Raw Danger is something that it, it's like a it's like a lost path. Yeah. That that talking about it on our show could possibly highlight it and give it more attention that I feel like it deserves yeah. basically. If BioWare writers had played Raw Danger Mass Effect would have been a better series, and I bet they didn't play Raw Danger. And that's, yeah, I bet that's they didn't what play Raw Danger. That's yeah. all that happened. I it bet they didn't. It would have fixed um, everything. So next is the number twelve game of all time, Halo Three, which has a long game been. We in don't the... believe it. We do not even believe in this one. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't belong in the spot it belongs. Doesn't so... even belong on the list. <laughs> so move <somehow>. on. <laughs> move on. Next game, Jet Set Radio. Oof. This is a toughie for me. They're cool games. They're Japanese games. Uh, that are reaching for interesting weird stuff mm -hmm. and then no one and then they did their thing like they very are both, well and no one cared yeah they like, are no one cared both very clunky games for me and mm -hmm. i think the clunk of jet set radio impacts the game a lot more than raw dangers does like raw dangers clunk true. is like well it's kind of a slow game anyways it very rarely punches you in the face with its clunk whereas like jet, right. jet set radio is like you're supposed to go fast you're supposed to do these grails you're supposed to do tricks and that camera doesn't let you do those things appropriately and it right th th it's like jet set radio gets this high on the, the list because of vibes so yeah. much more than anything else and raw danger it doesn't have all the same like amazing vibes that jet set radio has but uh it is mechanically cleaner and it achieves its goals i would say better than jet set radio does yeah it also does i mean so Jet Set Radio, well, it has a, a, a vibe like no other. Mm -hmm. um, there are other games that are about similar things. Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Sure. Um, there SSX are rebellious yeah, games. Yeah. Uh, whereas Raw Danger, uh, 
it's analogs are like very few games whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. Um, and none of the games that I feel like it's analogous to succeed in the way that I feel like it does. Yeah. Whereas, you know, Jet Set Radio is about going fast on very cool rollerblades. Yeah. And I can also go fast on a skateboard. I can go fast on a snowboard. You know, like it's right. it's it's of a it's it's cut from a certain cloth with the most exciting yeah. accessories. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I just I, I like Raw Danger more. Yeah. Uh, so that brings us next to Hitman 2016. I think this is where I start to have a lot of trouble because I still okay. think about Hitman. I still want to play Hitman. Of course, we've talked about like you want to play raw danger every single year i wouldn't mind doing another playthrough of raw danger but hitman takes that to like ridiculous levels right like the replayability the like number of outcomes and paths that you can go down in hitman are just insane how much is in that game especially these days i mean we've technically only talked about hitman one but realistically we're talking about hitman one two and three as this like collected package these days and that so like goes to a whole new level so stealth as a genre Uh uh-huh is something that, you know, um, has existed uh, before Metal Gear Solid, but after Metal Gear Solid, it became a AAA blockbuster yeah. uh, genre of right. game. Um, and then I feel like what happened is through the 2000s, um, the rest of the kind of AAA action adventure uh, design uh, uh, philosophy just was like, well, we'll just, we'll just, we will cannibalize yeah. stealth. Right. Stealth will become a minor aspect of, of all bigger games. games. Yeah. And the way Hitman 2016 responded to that was to sort of be like, well, okay, we'll just get really bonkers with it, yeah. basically. Yeah. Um, and, and they had already kind of toyed with this before, but, but Hitman 2016 is them taking that and saying, well, but that's, that's the focus right. of the entire game. Let's possibly perfect the stealth formula. Maybe not perfect. Yeah. Perfect is a bit strong, but it's like, let's make that the core tenet of this game. But it's a response to that cannibalization yeah. that I feel like had already happened with the stealth genre. Right. Raw Danger is a, a game that charted a path so specifically mm-hmm. that no one even followed it down that road. <laughs> and it was not cannibalized. It has not been consumed by yeah. anything greater. So you're making uh, a legacy argument here, essentially. I'm making a legacy argument that Hitman is essentially the party hat of itself uh-huh. and raw danger is at showing up to its own birthday with no friends. The lone basically. bastion. Of- it's alone. <laughs> it's alone. And, and, in- and when I say that I'm not, I, I am not, um, uh, we are, we are two, uh, white American boys talking about raw danger. Sure. I do not know its impact in Japan yeah. and it is not what I am concerned with right now. I'm yeah. basically saying that more, uh, Westerners, should play this game yeah. and that its design choices should have influenced uh, games here in the many, West many more, more than it did, which as far as I can tell, it, it, it has not right. um, whatsoever. Wow. Uh, whereas Hitman is sort of a response to the cannibalization of uh, stealth games. Wow. So, well, that's, the, that's it, a weird argument, but that's it, what I got. If you, if, if we go higher than this, I don't know how to make, like, I don't know how to keep going uh, because, okay. uh, and, and, so it's just going to become you. Ha- you got to sell me on more and more and more ideas if you really want to see this hit number four. I- I'll say this much I'm right now. I'm not saying it's going to no, hit no, number I understand. four. And I understand yeah, yeah. that. That is a core tenet of this show. It's like we say the highest and the lowest and we figure out where it actually falls. Yeah. I will say definitively right now, just, just as we're climbing this ladder, 100% zero chance that I will, 100%, 0% chance that I will let it go above Katamari Damacy. 
Katamari okay. Damacy definitely yeah, yeah. hits me in every Matt, fiber. you're getting ahead of it. No, you're I know I am. You're, what are you I, doing right here's now, Here's what Matt? I'm hearing. Here, We're talking about Hitman 2016. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because I've accepted that we're going to let it go above Hitman, but what I'm saying is... Okay. What I'm telling you right now, Hunter, is in the scope of the show, we're getting meta here, as I often do. Oh, my God. I'm telling you, Matt, it is now up to you how high this climbs. And I'm telling you, I have at least my limit. But if it like I'm basically telling you, if you want it to go above Halo Combat Evolved and no higher, like pitch me kind of on the each rung of that ladder. Right. Because okay. I have no well, argument. I can't push for this game more than that. But but you could. So Crusader Kings three. How do you how how well, do Crusader you, Kings three uh that the um so Matt is recused from the yeah Crusader I don't even Kings get to talk about that game and now it's just me talking to myself yes uh, uh Hunter do you want to let Raw Danger pass Crusader Kings three uh yes I do all right <laughs> and that discussion is over <laughs> now it is Raw Danger versus Hyperlight Drifter a game you don't even like that much a game I don't even like that much but Matt it's a very important game to you yeah um. I, I will, because that last argument I got for free, uh, go ahead. You start I, us off on this one. I, I, Raw Danger versus Hyperlight Drifter. Here's what we'll do. Here's what we'll do real quick. I Because this list never makes any sense and we have to hop around like crazy, the comparison points between Hyperlight Drifter and Raw Danger are almost none. I cannot think of a single way these two games are similar, but Papers, Please and Raw Danger there are very clear narrative similarities. Okay. Okay. So Hunter, if you can convince me that it belongs above Paper, Please, I will just ignore that Hyperlight Drifter sort of exists where it exists. This is your opportunity. Yeah. So that's tough. Um, I was prepared to talk about Hyperlight Drifter. I don't know if I'm prepared to talk about <laughs> Papers, Please. Papers, Please is a game uh, that the strength of it is that mechanically you are sort of doing the story all the time. That's like my favorite thing about yeah, it. Yeah. Is that the story is what you're doing. Right. And so is it in raw danger as right. well. You are surviving. Sure. Mechanically, that is your that is your goal constantly. And that is what the game is about. Now both games find a way to have a story on top of that that yeah. has its own kind of intrigue to it. Yeah. But they both have this similar aspect of they are they are a game about a specific they're actually both games about survival too. Yeah, Papers Please is about survival. They're both deeply empathetic games. They both have coldness as a mechanic yes. in the game. It's true. Coldness is important in both. Yeah. You you cannot get too cold getting in food, either game or you getting, will die. Right. And uh, I, I would also say, I mean, it's obviously a multiple path thing where the same argument of like uh it's not a lot. Papers, please. is not a long game. Here's my argument that it can go no further. Raw danger. That is, is uh, papers, please has no uh, empty promises. Whereas raw danger does. There are mechanics in raw danger that do not come to fruition. Aren't really critical to the whole piece as a, as a, what's that word? Gestomphus. I don't remember. It's like a German word where it's like the, the thing in its entirety as a, as a piece of art papers, gestalt? please gestalt. It's like a longer word than even that. Anyways, okay. Uh, Papers, Please has that quality to it. There's like nothing extra in Papers, Please. You Every single thing you can interact with and every single thing that you do contributes to the feeling and the story and the mechanics of the game. Whereas okay. there's stuff just sort of hanging on to Raw Danger because they, for some reason, kept it in the game when maybe they didn't need to. Which one do you want to replay right now? Raw Danger or Papers, Please? Well, 
here's the thing. I don't think that's necessarily a fair argument because, and only because... No, 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 but I'm just asking the question. Which one do you want to play, replay more? Raw Danger or Papers, Please? Right now, May 26th, 2022, I would like to do another replay of Raw Danger. But yes. Here's, but here's the thing. Papers, Please, I did it, and then I immediately redid it and redid it and redid it. I mean, I saw like six endings to Papers, Please sure. immediately after sure. playing it. I've set it aside. I've ha I've been forced to move on to other games. I definitely would still like to replay Papers, Please, but like I haven't even done the replay of Raw Danger even a single time. I think I would only I think I would only replay Danger Raw Danger maybe four times total and then I would feel like I have done enough for myself. How do you know though? I don't Matt? know, but how, how do, do you I, know? I, I don't know that I'm done with I, Papers Please. I see that's the thing. Is for me Papers Please is an experience where it deliver it has all these outcomes, correct? Yeah. A lot of them are very iterative. Sure. Raw Danger, I don't even know how deep the rabbit hole goes at this point. Sure. From one playthrough, but what if it I have is no iterative? Idea. What if it is iterative? You know, you I mean, know that you there are dialogue. Know, no, but here's the you thing: you know that there are dialogue options in Raw Danger that do that mm -hmm. thing of like immediately that bounce that yes. do nothing for you. It's like I was mean. Well, the mean wasn't actually an option. So sorry, we told Didn't you you could be mean, anything. but you actually still need to do a nice thing for somebody or whatever. That happens. Okay, and and I did say that whenever I was in the first run with Joshua, I yeah. did say that. Right. However, as I played through, I was again and again surprised by how often my choices actually did have weight which i would say was actually quite often you remember in the in the joshua playthrough i said that and and now you're bringing that up and that's fair however that aspect led yeah. me to later as sure. the taxi driver select the option that i was like well they're not gonna have me there's no way yeah, yeah. they're just gonna and end this did. and they did okay <laughs> and they did do that yeah yeah it's true so it, it it has a boldness that I feel like Papers, Please does not. I would no. give you... Bold, but, I, but, but Papers, Please has bold endings too. Papers, Please, you can be done by day three and the game just ends. Papers, Papers, Please has a boldness as far as the overall premise with it. Once you are in it, once you are in the game, it is, it is way too concerned with mechanically executing its principles accurately to be as bold and goofy as raw danger i'm not saying that that is i'm not even i'm not even putting that as a way to take something away from papers please sure i'm trying to illustrate how they're different i understand that yeah one of them is the goofy kid in class and the other has a very specific idea that they're executing quite well yeah. which one do we want to prioritize you made the basically? argument that raw danger stands alone and I make the argument that papers please is actually a continue not a perfection but a continuation of the promise of raw dangers mechanics mm. that's my argument is that papers please is the closest we have to a spiritual successor i don't think in the so. west to raw i danger. think i i don't think papers please is referencing raw danger uh in, in in any like outright way i think i think it's way more concerned with uh games like uh like like almost like it's it's closer to oregon trail uh -huh. than it is to raw danger you know what i mean as far as yeah i do i do i make me very mechanical choices i see what happens to sure uh the like uh, unexpected outcomes stuff like that yeah of, yeah. of an oregon trail oh man um, i i i feel like connecting them is is not possible but they are they are going at different things from a very different perspective yeah. i will let you win with with papers please by the way Okay. I, I am I am I am willing to let it go no further.
but I, I, I you want to the, so you want to plant thing. its flag in the ground when we later have to talk about it again, and then we have to decide like if something goes in between Papers Please and Raw Danger, they are not the same, and there they are there not. will be differences. And I agree, they are with not that. the same. Yeah, um, and and they are they're both narrative games, but they're one one is like like Papers Please is trying to only be like as much of the game as possible is the game. Yeah, you know what I mean, almost in like a board game ish way. Right. Whereas Raw Danger does not care about itself as much yeah. and is willing to just kind of, all right, well, now thing. you're just, I don't, this is just a traversal segment. Right. You just need to walk to the end of that street or whatever. Papers, Please has no room for that kind of, just kind of atmospheric whateverism. Yeah. It's, it is, it is a game specifically about stamping passports. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, 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 I feel fine with it stopping here. I got it all the okay. way to number eight. Well, but here's the thing is what, what just happened is we failed at the thing that was what that needed to happen because... Oh, you wanted me to argue again. No, what, that's not fair, Matt. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is if we're not putting it above Papers, Please, we actually haven't talked about It versus Hyperlight Drifter yet. Okay. We have not okay. actually settled that score. We have settled that it is above Crusader Kings and below Papers, Please, but okay. we, we are now forced into the conversation I hoped to not have. But we had, we must have now. Yeah, um, I will say this: if it had made it past Papers, Please, I think it would have easily sailed past Quake and Halo Combat Evolved. Yeah, but it did not make it past Papers, Please. Okay, so ugh, Raw Danger versus uh, Hyper. You said Light you had Drifter. an argument. You said you had an argument prepared, or you you were you you had a thought. Now I think I I think. I think I'm. I think I'm good. I think. I think it's good if it's just number nine. I don't even want to talk about Hyperlight Drifter anymore. I'm out of Hyperlight Drifter gas. I concede. It will be the ninth game of all well, time. Well, no, no, no. It would be if it beats Hyperlight Drifter, it will be eighth. If it does not beat Hyperlight Drifter, it will it, be ninth. It doesn't. You're, it doesn't beat Hyperlight well, Drifter. Well, why? Well, why? You, just because you can't. You can't bear just it. Just because I can't talk about Hyperlight Drifter again. That's it. Uh, that's it. We're just. We're just done. Um, we'll okay. stop here. But allow allow ride. me allow me to at least do my due diligence of talking about hyperlight. No, Drifter don't have for a, a fake conversation about hyperlight drifter right now. Let's, you let's go ahead have and shut a it down. <laughs> put 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 it at number nine. Okay, raw danger goes to number nine. It broke into the top ten. People, here, I, that's me, what I was able. Let to me make say happen. this. Let me say this. Okay. What, the big thing I've been ragging on with raw danger is this sort of like fluff mechanics stuff that's just like attached to it. And I see the argument that Hyperlight Drifter also has fluff mechanics to it. There are a bunch of weapons you never use. There's a bunch of things that you never do. There's a bunch of extra areas that you can go to that there's actually no, like, it's just the act of going to those areas is the is the, the appeal of them. Um, I think the story of this show has been uh, your long march to convince me that Hyperlight Drifter isn't a very good video game, despite nope, my early nope, love nope, for it. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> I just am. I just don't want to talk about <laughs> just it anymore. Tired of talking about um, it. I, and and you know what's cool is if we let this hit number nine, it will split Hyperlight Drifter and Crusader Kings three, and those two have been just like flying together next, yeah. for a very very long time. Um, so it will be nice to. It uh, also to prevents split Papers Please from Raw, and Raw Danger from being right next to each other, and that being yeah. like a and very being awkward a, conversation every a single stacked time. Narrative conversation where we, you know, it will be so tempted to lump them in together, but I don't really want to lump them in together. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, I think it making making it into the top ten. I'm I'm proud enough of that. That's pretty good. Um, yeah, yeah, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, I will say this: this this argument of uh, fluffiness, um, I. The, that I feel like was kind of the cornerstone of your of your problems with raw danger. Um, 
uh, I am going to play the game again. I'm going to sure. play it on hard mode. Yeah. And uh, and we'll see. We'll yeah. see. We'll we see might, how the we might destroy that argument like a dam. We might blow it up <laughs> like the Hoover Dam, and we're in some shitty action movie. Okay, and the water's coming. All right, so we might destroy that. But I I I honestly can't. So I'm not going to. I'm yeah. not going to argue against that. It takes maybe um, a bit of time. We'll we, we but, updates but I, pending. Yeah, updates pending. I'm going to play this every Christmas for the rest of my life. I loved this game. Yeah. Please play it. It's so weird yeah. uh, and very interesting. I mean, the best part was we saw that even happen to people who were tuning into your stream, even though you did not stream all yep. of it. Like, I, yeah. I saw a couple people tune in and be like, this seems very weird. Wait, I love this. Wait, yeah. I don't know why, but I love. I just love watching this. I just love yep. seeing this happen. And it is not a watchable game like by the normal nope. standards. You just slowly walk around and yep. get cold and walk slower and at one point get a crutch and watch walk even slower. It's like so many slow, like not captivating things happened. And yet we sit here and we just like, yeah, yeah, what else is going to happen? Oh, you, oh, right. the, there's, there's this weird dialogue option where you can scream that that guy's a pervert over there. How strange is that? We didn't talk about how, like, weirdly sexual this game gets, and maybe that's it for har- the better. No, Matt, it, no. it hardly has any of that Man, in there. Want, you are jo- just a weirdo. No, you are Joshua a constantly gives you, Joshua constantly gives you, di- gives you dialogue options where it's like, he's with this woman and she's freaking out, and it's yeah. like, I could lean down and kiss her. I could, sure. I could tell her I love her. And then there's an you entire those options there's an entire 30 minute section where you play as a high school girl being chased by a pervert okay so that actually did not happen to me and i don't even know what you're talking about because you said yes there's this whole section where you only get chased by a pervert i saw this guy i didn't even know i didn't even understand what you meant i thought he was like crazy like he was trying to kill her Uh um but i only saw him once and you said that's all the story was about that's all that happened for me that's so weird. That's really See, that's funny. That's what I'm saying is this game is way deeper than yeah. you understand it is. You've made assumptions uh-huh. that it is not as deep as it is. Mm-hmm. Because literally, like 100% of the things that you said for me to expect to happen did not happen. I think, your jo- I think that's because happened. your Josh story ended so soon that you didn't come across. Or maybe, maybe it's the taxi guy. Did, did you ever come across a guy in a uh, doctor's outfit that was unconscious? Did you ever come across that? It, it, you would know if you came across him. Like you would, it, you interacted with him and everything. I, I don't think, think that's so. a. I think that's a taxi storyline. Yeah, man, you you having that taxi storyline cut off so early impacted so many parts of this game. It is wild. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so I mean, yeah, it it. I, I I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah. Whenever we you, talked about yeah. this, I just I, I I have to keep harping on this. We talked about this with Mass Effect. We were like, why can't Mass Effect be brave enough to be like, you don't get to do that quest line because you killed yeah. that character in Mass Effect right. One, or you killed right. that character in Mass Effect Two. Like that. That's Guess what, what Raw Danger was back here in 2007, just yeah. chopping off <laughs> whole bits of itself. <laughs> just like, oh, that's what you want to do? Okay, well, I don't have that anymore. Yeah. I don't know why. Ha- I mean, I guess we'll just figure out what happens. Here's what happens if you don't have that. Man. Um, what guess a wild what? Run. It's it, it didn't really even seem that hard mass effect yeah it was doable yeah turns out the whole time you just have to care out you have to care enough to do it well we have quite a packed calendar of games coming up uh for the rest of uh, what we're calling we've sort of started to think of this show first off like obviously like oh a a year anniversary is going to come up and that also coincides with like our 50th game we're starting to think about what our first 50 games will be which means we have stacked 
the upcoming calendar with heavy hitters. It is right. What we both realize is for a while now, we've just been like filling the middle and the bottom and we have not had a proper race for the top for a long time. And we have, it's a disservice if like, we're not even proud of our top, seven games basically <laughs> like right. if, were we gonna hit 50 games and like not really love everything in the top 10 uh so we are about to start some sort of race for the top not that every single one is like a number one contender or whatever right but we right. have a lot of big games uh coming up uh i don't even know that we can commit to all of them because so many of these are games. the goal is to play most of these games but on the immediate horizon that's already in the can is stanley parable ultra deluxe yeah. which I'm very excited for. Uh, yeah, we we'll already played that it next week. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, that's, that is... that's for sure happening. Right. Uh, and then after that is Mirror's Edge. That's definitely happening because that's a quick, easy game that I'm already halfway through. Uh, mm-hmm. But then there's there's just so much more. Do you want to te- Let's. Do you want to pick one game to tease Hunter in this like final ten? This final ten before our top fifty is like settled. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I I am uh, I have recruited a guest. Oh uh, yeah. And we will be playing on this show. Uh, and by we, I mean myself and the guest, yeah. not Matt. He is not invited. Okay, <laughs> he's going to insist being on the episode. I, I don't know play why. This. I really I don't play know this why. game. I really, you are really, banished. Really... <laughs> you are banished from playing this, Matt. <laughs> we will be playing on this show, Dragon Quest M- Mother Effing Eleven. Oh boy! All right, we will be playing that on this show. It will get ranked on this list. Yeah. Okay, and. That is happening. Yeah. And that is an all-timer to me. Yeah. Okay? Uh, there's other stuff. There's some obvious stuff on here. We're playing Last of Us sure. as well. I hope. I guess we're going to go ahead and do that. Yeah. Uh, if Matt... If Matt can get around to if that I one, can we do will it. do that one. If I can do... Well, there's a couple... So, the, the the chunky ones coming up that I'm a nervous for are The Last of Us, Disco Elysium, uh, and sort of Metal Gear Solid and uh, <laughs> Skyrim uh, Hunter... Number 50 is supposed to be Elder Scrolls V Skyrim. And yeah. I just, I'm really conflicted with what we need, what ha- what has to happen with that episode. Bethesda has cast a long shadow on this show. Yeah. And it's time for us to uh, start opening Have a uh, that book so that you all find out that Matt is a crazy person uh, <laughs> and uh, drinks Todd's Kool-Aid every morn. Okay. <laughs> you will find that out about him. And then you will re-listen to all 50 episodes. And, and, you will reconsider and, <laughs> everything he has said, okay? Yeah. Once you find out how much of Todd's Kool-Aid some, he some is Some arguments I made might make a lot more sense to you once you yeah. hear my uh-huh. wild ranting about uh-huh. Todd like, Howard and his big, scary brain. Yeah, and, and, and drinking the Kool-Aid right out of his mouth. <laughs> Thank y'all for listening to Old Gamer's Almanac. Produced by Hunter Donaldson and Matt Martins. Music by Knight Corey. <laughs>